Hey everybody, welcome to Thursday. Maundy Thursday, I guess, would be the title of Thursday during Holy Week. Maundy Thursday's podcast and Facebook Live events. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we are continuing on this series called Unexpected All Week, talking about all the unexpected events of Holy Week. And we have a subtitle for today's. It's called a Divine Pedicure. So we're gonna, we're gonna explain what divine pedicure means as we go along. It's kind of an interesting title. But yeah, so welcome. We're glad you're joining us. My name is Brian Smith. I'm a lead pastor here at Westview Community Church. And with me, a partner in crime tonight is... Dylan Meyer. I'm the director of student ministries here, so I hang out with all the young folks. Yeah, you do, don't you? Hang out with them. So we yeah. always gotta start with the most important thing. How's your... It's been a while since we talked about Monday. NCAA bracket, so you know... Of all the people here at church in the NCAA bracket, Dylan and I are like... Hanging one and two. We're one and two we're right, right now. So coming down the final four, so... Yes, through lots of tears. Through lots <laughs> of tears. I, honestly, it's a miracle that I even have one team still in the bracket. How things started, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah, so anyway, we just want to give you an update on March Madness. But I know you want to know about this divine pedicure. So Dylan... Set us up. Tell us where we're Set at in scripture and get us going. Right. So Monday, Thursday, quick question. But don't ask me what Monday means. I used to. What? Yeah. I was going to say, is Monday, Thursday just a Thursday that feels like Monday? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. It's like okay. Monday with a French accent. <laughs> yes. So Monday, Thursday. Where are we at? We're, I think we're going to hang out in, in uh, the Gospel of John today, chapter 3. It's kind of where we're chilling. Um, the location of where this is happening, the upper room. So this evening um, is when Jesus was going to be betrayed. And so he's, he's gathered everybody together for what? The Last Supper. So he's, he's with his 12 closest buddies, and they're, they're about to have a dinner. And it's interesting that he locks everyone else out. Um, yeah. From what I know, the, the previous things we've talked about, the parable of the wedding feast and, and him flipping tables and, and even riding in on Palm Sunday were all public events. And this one seems to be a little exclusive, which, I, which to me just kind of describes that this was an intimate moment yeah. for Jesus. Like this was, this was something that was meant to be special and close-knit. Scripture zooms in. So now the focus is just on Jesus' band of followers, and they would say the angelic host maybe who's getting to watch this very important moment yeah. in Scripture. Yeah, which is, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the disciples, they've been on a roller coaster ride getting ready for this, and it finally they're starting, I think the dots are starting con to connect for them of about who Jesus really is, especially with the events of this Holy Week. And it just makes you wonder when, when Luke talks about how they began to argue amongst themselves about who was the greatest among them. I wonder if that was them realizing the significance of Jesus and then trying to rank themselves on how important they were to him. Yeah, so they're getting some swagger maybe at this point, right? It's like, hey, so which one of us is going to be greater in the kingdom? Yeah. And we think maybe that discussion happened right before what right we're going to talk about. Yes, right before this, which would have been one of the most unexpected moments of what Jesus was about to do. So yeah, as talking to Dylan earlier, I think of all the top 10 unexpected things, this one's gotta be in the top five that nobody expected Jesus to do what we're gonna talk about next. So we're in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, we're starting in verse one. So here we go. So before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and returned to his father. 
He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So Jesus got up from the table, he took off his robe, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And then, unexpected, he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Yeah, this is like the top five of unexpected moments of Jesus' life. He, he's at the, this is probably the last step or the most pivotal moment before Jesus goes to the cross. It's like, in my opinion, this is like the last big instruction he gives to the 12 who will carry on the mission of the church. It's an unexpected washing. Jesus was a model servant. Throughout scripture we see, he constantly says, I've come here to serve, I've, I've come here to save, uh, and we see this. His servant attitude towards his disciples is now this huge moment. He shows them, let me show you how you serve. And I think there in verse one where it says, uh, and now he loved them to the very end. I think at this moment we see the full extent of Jesus' love in a very special way. Foot washing Dylan was very common during this time. Mm -hmm. Everybody walked around on dirty streets, no asphalt, no concrete. Well, some of the Roman roads had, yeah, anyway. But most part, it's all dirt sandals. So when you walked into a home, Jewish custom was to wash the feet of your guests. Your Jewish guest comes in the house, you wash their feet. But more importantly, we're talking about the Last Supper. So when you invite people over to your house and you have a communal dinner with them, it's really important to wash their feet. So the reason why, so they walk in, take off their sandals. If you're having dinner, what we gotta understand is they didn't eat dinner like we do at the table. They would recline together on the floor mm -hmm. and eat together. So Dylan and I will show you. So this is what would happen. You would walk into your best friend's Jewish home and you would kind of like, um, oh, what's his name? Mr. Rogers. <laughs> So they would walk in and they would, they would get ready and they would wash their feet because when they went to eat together, mm -hmm. right? So Dylan's over there and we're both reclining eating together. Where's my feet? Yeah, right in it's my like, face. Right, so mm -hmm. right in. And I would imagine that would have changed kind of the, maybe the essence of the food. Yeah, the aroma of <laughs> the dinner aroma. was a little different. Yeah. So you can see it's really important to wash the feet when they come in, but definitely... Right, if you're having dinner together. Yeah, This would absolutely. be kind of a big... Yeah. What is it, 70% of taste comes through your nose? <laughs> so all of a sudden there's, there's toe jam on to my that. toast. Oh. So anyway, yeah, so I think we just probably lost everybody listening at that part. <laughs> so foot washing was a huge act, but here's the deal is that the roads, like I said, the roads of Judea were very dusty, um, it was considered a breach of hospitality if you would come in and you wouldn't wash somebody's feet. And Jesus mentions this even in Luke chapter seven, verse 44. But here's the interesting part, is in the Jewish custom is that if I was a Jewish person inviting Dylan into my home for a Jewish meal or just have him over, I would not wash his feet. We as peers or as Jewish people would not, it would be a servant in my home. Mm. And so most people would think, well, it's a, it's a Jewish servant, but no, it, we've even read 
in the commentaries and the history that it was, it was even below a Jewish servant. They would actually have a Gentile servant wash the feet. It was such a low caste, such a low role to wash the feet, but I would never wash Dylan's feet, nor would Dylan wash my feet. I came in the house. Yeah. It was always the lowest of servant, usually given to the Gentile role. So it was a very subservient task. And so now we have Jesus, master and teacher, the Messiah, that these 12 are following, who bows down and he does what the lowest slave would do. Jesus takes off his outer clothing, so he still had undergarment wrappings, and he wrapped a towel around his waist, and then he's adopting a position of a slave, of the deepest servant. And we just imagine the room just went utterly quiet yeah. as he pulls a bowl out, bowl out, grabs a pitcher. You can just hear the water echoing off the room, and everybody's wondering, what's he doing? And then he stoops down at the feet of the first disciple, and you would not, you would heard a pin drop in the room mm -hmm. as he begins to do something that the first few evidently are horrified that they don't even say anything according to scripture. And so Jesus goes along from one disciple to the next, washing their feet, and they're all just in shock. And then he gets to this pair of, I would imagine, 13D sandals. I imagine this person has big feet because he sticks them in his mouth all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to Peter. And then, Dylan, would you take the scripture from there in, in verse 6? Yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like it's always different when he gets to Peter. Peter's <laughs> that guy, always. But yeah, so John chapter 13, it starts in verse 6. It says, When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. He's putting up a fight here. You will never, ever, ever wash my feet. <laughs> never, ever. That's bold. And Jesus replies to him, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Whoa. Simon Peter exclaimed, in, in that case, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Just wash everything. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Mm. Because Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. And so this, Jesus was fully expecting this moment. He fully expected that one that was to come that was not yet clean. And he also fully expected Jesus, which I'm sure partially out of just Jesus knowing and, and knowing his father's business, but also knowing Peter as the guy that's always going to make a rub. <laughs> he knows that Peter is going to kind of protest. And the, the explanation that he gives him is just that he will understand someday, sometime. He's going to understand. And, repeat, and Peter's still like protesting, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Never, ever. That's crazy. It's kind of like when your parents saying, you won't understand this now, but like <laughs> when you're my age or when you're, you'll understand one day. That's what Peter heard. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. And then Jesus very, just gently I think speaks to his grace of constantly knowing Peter's intentions and, and graciously guiding him in this rebukes him. But, but so gently he says, unless I wash you, 
just pointing out to Peter that the question is not of the washing itself, but the significance in is in who is doing who? the washing. Yeah. Definitely in who. Because Peter wants to participate in the work that Jesus is doing, but he needs the cleansing that only Jesus can supply. Yep. It's what Jesus is doing in this. And that, and that foot washing is very symbolic. And it's, it's more than just a gesture of being good friends by any means. It's, it's much, much bigger than that. He needs to know that it is only through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that he's going to be cleansed, that he's going to be washed that it's going to be complete, that he can, he can have that eternal life, which he's now heard about so many times. And then Peter starts to think that he knows what's going on, and he just throws out this, this statement of, well, then just wash everything. Yeah, goes just, from never, ever, never, ever, <laughs> never, ever, to wash all of me. Wash all of me. Yeah, absolutely. But then Jesus, again, very gently corrects. He's those that have been justified, those believers that have faith, that have already been cleansed, that have washed all over, they don't need to be washed all over again, just, just their feet to be completely clean. Just that part. So it's kind of symbolic for us in the fact that uh, what he's saying to his disciples is that, you know, they're, they're believing in him, they're following him, they don't have the full picture yet, but it's coming. But he says you don't need to be fully cleansed. He, he, that's already happened. But, he's, but what Jesus reminds us is what he's doing for us, his, the way he serves us, the way he serves to the point of a cross, is that belief in him cleanses us completely. But every day we're going to do what? We're going to screw up, right? We're going to sin. We're going to do things. So every day it's kind of like us walking in the dust and our, and our feet we are going to pick up the dust. And every day because what Jesus does for us it keeps providing that cleansing, not the whole body, but you, you guys understand. It's just like every day I just do these few things that are like a disappoint myself and my walk with Christ. It's like my feet come in really dusty, and yet every day what he did on the cross daily washes our feet. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope that makes sense to everybody, but it's, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful what he's saying. Sorry, okay. I jumped yeah, right in. No, okay. no, I agree that that love is is so unconditional that even when we step in the mud, even when we go trampling through the puddles, Jesus is still every day going to wash mm -hmm. our feet. And and then again, going back to the disciples, he washes every foot in the room, which includes so the very feet of the one that he knew would betray him. Yeah. And Jesus knew Judas would betray him. And yet he goes he, yet he goes to the feet of Judas and still washes his feet. And that tells us something about God and tells us something amazing about Christ. Mm -hmm. And that our darkest part of our lives, uh, even when our hearts are turned against him, he's gonna still serve us and love us. It's like, I just, I just always wonder what was going through Jesus' mind when he's at the feet of Judas, knowing mm -hmm. that all the agony and stuff he's gonna go through in the next 24 hours will be started because of this guy. Yeah. And he still washes his feet. Yeah. And he, he finishes up, he washes the, the feet of all 12, giving them such an amazing example of humility and service. And he trusted that to them, that they would take that example and then show that to others, which again, that example of humility, that example of love and grace, and, and the same for all of them. That same service, that same humility at every, every set of feet, including Judas, Judas washed in the same way. 
showing them that amazing example of how they are to serve others as he served. Yeah. With, who has such tremendous value and, and takes the lowest position, the absolute lowest. The very God they, that they loved bent down and washed their feet. So that's big. Now that we see in Jesus washing the feet of the 12, we're seeing God wash the feet of the 12. And that just blows me away. Yeah, and that's how it had to be. Couldn't have been anybody else. Yeah. So let's go on. The last part of our scripture today is John 13, starting in verse 12. It says, after washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again, and he sat down, and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is a messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Mm. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I, I've been involved a, a couple times in feet washing ceremonies. Once when I was in, in hospital administration, we, we did this as a spiritual act. All the leaders, executive leaders, we were washing the feet of those. And even in a secular setting, and it's very emotional. If you've been involved, many of you know, if you've ever been in a feet washing event, it's a very emotional event. The act here, though, is so, uh, is, is more than just symbolic for us. It's a call for us. We are to serve. So, so we've gone through unexpected of what Jesus did, expected Jesus knew exactly this was part of his mission, his message, and now we got what is expected of us. And we are to serve. Like Jesus said, this, this message that he gave to the 12, the 12 went out and started the Christian church. And today we carry the apostolic duty. We have the same duty as the apostles. Every one of us in church, everyone who's listening to this message has the same message to go out and do as Jesus done. We are to serve in humility and love first. It is impossible for us to imitate the lowly role of Jesus unless we have a clear understanding of what he's done for us on the cross. If we see this in light of the cross, then our hearts can change to be this role, this low role which is so high. And the role of a lowly servant, washing the feet is nothing compared to the lowliness of Jesus being nailed to a cross and dying for us. We think, man, can, can Jesus get any lower in showing us a model or example of servanthood? There's still one that was so much lower and that was mm -hmm. going to the cross and suffering and dying for all of us. That doesn't even hold a candle. I mean, foot washing doesn't hold a candle to that. Mm -hmm. Jesus has given us in this, in this example, in this story, a concrete image of what it means to be loved and to love. God will not bless us for learning how to wash feet or thinking of washing feet. God will bless us for actually doing. That's what the last verse says. He'll actually doing, washing the feet of the others. God blesses those for do, action. We are called to not sing about it, just preach about it, praise about it. We are called to serve others in the church and out of the church in this way. 
People are not made clean. People are not cleansed by lecturing them, chewing them out, smacking them with a Bible, patronizing them. As a church, we gotta get our hands dirty down at the feet of others if we're gonna get into the ministry of cleansing others as Jesus works through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. People are cleansed by us getting down at that dirtiest foot level. That is what is expected of us as a church and as people who are Christ followers. Yeah. Yeah. So 2,000 years ago, roughly, this Thursday, the creator of the universe, this, this divine being, reaches down, bends down on his knees and washes us clean. The dirt, the grime, the calluses, everything. And he just, he scrubs it away because he looks at us and he sees his bride and he he cleanses us of all of that stuff. And including that cleanse, all the assumptions that we have about about ourselves and about others. Like this, this invitation, this is for everyone. And he just, he sets that up. What if that big boom is God accentuating this? <laughs> this is so big. Dylan's like, boom, boom. Yeah. He looks at us and sees his bride, washes it clean, washes away all the dirt, all the grime, all the assumptions that we have about ourselves, about others. This is for everybody. He has no problem except upsetting cultural norms. Right. And that, I, I can only imagine even still just over, overwhelmed at what it is to receive that, to receive that washing. And that, I think, that, that is the posture that, that sends us in to go and, and, and to, as Christ did in lowness, serve those around us out of that just overwhelming response to what he's done for us and knowing that he wants that for everybody. I can't imagine trying to contain that. Like that, that's got to be us. That's how, that's everything that we are. On Monday, we talked about flip the script where Jesus flipped over the old order and started a new order where everybody is welcome. And here it is again. He flips the actual hierarchy by the king of all kings as a lowly slave serving us. He's flipped all hierarchy, all ethnic, all everything. He's flipped that script completely in his picture. And that's how we are to live. Mm -hmm. That's how we are to live. Yeah. He washes us so that we're his. We're now people of, of his towel, yeah. per se. And, and, and again, blessed with the opportunity that we can be a part of that and invite others into that so that we can all be people washed by him, people of the towel. There you go. He just said, Dylan says, that's what this whole thing's about. We are people of the towel. That is how you describe Christ's church. We are people of the towel. We should always carry a towel around with us probably freak a lot of people out but it would be so that's our call today Mm -hmm. in this message to see how much God loves us through Christ Um, and the message to walk away the expectancy is that we can all not just listen to a message but walk away as people of the town Mm -hmm. ready to serve in that same way for those um, and the lowest positions will be exalted I think it's a great place to stop. We hope this Holy Thursday, this Monday Thursday is a great day for you. We'd like to close in prayer. Would you just bow your heads with us? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this important scripture, this uh, so unexpected moment where Jesus himself, your son, God on earth, God amongst us, 
gets down on knee and scrubs our feet. We know what our feet are like. He didn't do it just for these 12, 2,000 years ago. He does it for us every day today by what he did on the cross. God, thank you. You love us that much that you sent your one and only son to wash our feet. But Father, rise up your church that we don't walk away from this saying, man, Holy Week was just a lot of fun and I learned a lot but that we actually walk away from this podcast, this Facebook Live as people of the towel, that we can visualize a towel wherever we go and everybody we meet, that we can serve in Christ's love by first being on bended knee in humility and loving service in a place that's dirty. But at the same time, I remember the message in the scripture, it says, oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of Jesus Christ. So Father, that's our prayer for everybody today, that we have beautiful feet. They're beautiful, one, because they've been cleaned by our Savior. They're beautiful, two, because they carry the message of good news to others. Let us go out and be the people of the towel. We bless us. His blessings just pour on the people here listening today. Let us be the church this week in this great Easter week and every day after. Let's do this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Tomorrow night is Good Friday, 7 p.m. We are right here at church. We're going to be celebrating Good Friday. A uh, very important message, a very, uh, a very interesting uh, angle from a, my, one of the front row seats to the cross. And we'll just leave that there. But you'll want to be here tomorrow night or join us on live stream at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Dylan, thank you very much. Yeah. Everybody, we love you. See you tomorrow.